Welcome back to In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton. Let's talk about music right now because uh, we got Jeff and Edie Anderson in here, and Edie's going to talk about Marvin Gaye here in a little bit. But Jeff and I go way back to high school, and Jeff's a great performer around town, bass player, and also a saxophone player. Jeff, welcome to In Tune. Thanks, Arnold. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. Hey, listen, t- tell everybody about. Uh, what you're doing around town playing. They probably have heard you. They probably have seen you down at the, the Bistro and around town doing a lot of different things. Talk about what, what gigs you've been playing. Well, I say I've been playing in this area since we were in high school. So that's been, what, 40-something years So, you know, you probably don't know this, but you're you're part of the reason I started playing saxophone. See, because wow. when we were in the big band, you were the lead tenor player, and you graduated. And I had always wanted to play saxophone. I said, well, Arnold's leaving. Maybe I should pick up saxophone. And you know, I think a couple of other saxophone players also graduated that year. So I kind of left a hole there, so I started playing saxophone at that time. <laughs> very cool, wow. very cool. Yeah, yeah wow. we uh, we were in a combo that went to... The National Music Convention in California. You played bass. Right. That was Steve a- Nicholson was on drums. That's right. Uh, Wiley Price wow. from the St. Louis American what? was on trombone. <laughs> That's right. I was on sax. Uh, right. David Schechter was on trumpet. Trumpet. And let's see. David Harris, trumpet. I'm a trombone. Trombone, right. And did we have a uh, guitar player? I'm trying to remember. I don't and, and don't Robert forget, Eichler. and Papa, made, and Papa Eichler. played fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember Robert Eichler. He yeah, was, Bob Eichler. Yeah, yeah, he played guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, wow. no, that's that's great. Yeah, that goes way back. It does. So yeah, I've been I've been I've been playing gigs ever since that time. You know, and uh, you know when we were in high school, Wiley and I had a band that was called Four Miles High. We did a lot of Tower Power in Chicago and oh, everything. Tower Power, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, but I've done things in Africa. I've done cruise ship jobs. I've uh, done some teaching. I'm currently at WashU teaching. Wow. Um, I'm getting ready to start a new program. I'm not going to call the school yet, but I'm getting ready to help a, another school start an instrumental program probably in the next month or two. Get, that'll be going. Very good. And so I'm a freelance. Yeah. You freelance. So you're mostly you're, you're playing at night mostly on weekends? Uh, sometimes I, play, I do a program at the Sheldon called Jazz Stories. That's in the morning. We play for kids uh, usually on Tuesdays, not every Tuesday, but they bring in high schools and grade schools, and we do a little show about the history of jazz. You know, talk about, talk more about that. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting uh, yeah. concept and what you're doing for the community and the kids with that. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, from Webster University, we have Carol Beth True who plays piano. She's in the group. Uh, Randy Holmes plays trumpet. Kevin Janino plays drums. Kim Fuller she does vocals, and I play the bass. And it's kind of a chronological. We start with uh, ragtime and move up to present. And so we uh, cover, you know, Billie Holiday and all the way up, you know. Uh, so what started you on bass, Jeff? I never knew that. You know, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting story, and it's real simple. My brother says, hey, we're going to start a band. I'm going to play drums, and you're going to play bass. I said, okay. <laughs> That's how, I, that's, that's how, how those things usually go, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that or we got a bass laying around and we don't have a guitar. Well, actually, we had to uh, clean gutters and and uh, and rake leaves to earn the money to buy the our first instruments. <laughs> My first bass I bought from Ontario. Remember Ontario? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paid forty four dollars for it. Wow, I loved it. <laughs> wow. So when did you pick up uh, upright? 
Not until the 90s, actually. Uh, it was around 93, I think. I, I just got through doing a, a cruise ship job. Uh, my my friends were kept saying, hey, man, get some wood, get some wood. You know, they just kept pushing me, and I said, oh, okay, I'll get some wood. And you were like, this is easier to carry around. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to move it, but uh, so that's when I started playing <laughs> upright, yeah. This is a, a baited question here, but I know that different people have preferences. Some like electric, some like upright. I know the upright's probably electrified a little bit, or no? It does. Yeah, it usually has a pickup on it now. Okay, yeah. okay. But for different styles, it's going to require a different kind of sound that Absolutely, you want. Absolutely, yeah. Do you yeah, have a if preference? I'm, if I'm doing R&B, I'm playing electric bass. If I'm doing mostly jazz stuff, you know, it, it depends on the job, but it'll usually be the upright, yeah. Unless I get really lazy, you know, just easier to grab the electric and run out the door, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it can fit in the car a lot easier. Yeah. Now, uh, you went to uh, SIU, right? I did. That's where I got my master's from, SIUE. Okay. I got my undergrad at Morris Brown uh, College in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And the degrees are in? Music. Well, uh, MA, Master's of Arts, and in, in my master's, and Bachelor of Arts, and from uh, Morris Brown. See, we have these musically oriented folks here. You know, I've got two degrees in music, and I'm kind of using it, but not. That's not so amazing. Much. To you have me. a bachelor's I've and a master's in music. Wondered about that, and oh, am I supposed to speak? No, now? you're fine. This is, this is Edie Anderson talking, <laughs> folks. You can't see her, but no, we can. No, you can't speak until it's your turn. But, but, <laughs> but, but I, I'm, I'm always wondering about people in their early life who actually mastered in music. And and then all of a sudden, like now, you're not playing music at all. And I, I'm wondering about that. What, is it something that you did just so that you could have something to fall back on? Or, I mean, what? I mean, what was it about? Well, for me, it uh-huh. was I wanted to be a band director for okay. since I was in seventh grade. All right. And I got out, got my degree. I started being a band director. I remember after the first year, I called my roommate from college and said, "Gee." Only got like 29 more years of this. <laughs> oh boy. And I started to progressively lose my hearing wow. in my right ear. Okay. And I I was I was kind of tired of rehearsing too. It was very wearing, it's kind of repetitive and you're doing the same kind of thing. And Jeff and Jeff understands this exactly. I had been going at a high level for a long time mm-hmm. and I started teaching elementary music just to help my ears out general music, and I always thought those people were weird. Uh, I remember a professor in college plopped down in front of us and said, what am I, class? And all the band people were like, you're weird. (laughs) (laughs) But I loved teaching second and third grade music. Okay. And then I became a school administrator, and I would play my clarinet. I have a minor in clarinet, and I have a master's in instrumental conducting. That's amazing. I'm, I'm really tuned into the core and the heart of music and and really enjoy listening I enjoy performing. I play piano at church. I fake piano at church. Lead the gospel choir, like I said. I'll occasionally play my clarinet, and to my family's uh, dismay, they're like, "Why don't you play more often? You know, play more often." Okay. But those experiences I had, because Jeff, you'll appreciate this. When I was in college, I got a chance to play with Clark Terry, mm-hmm. Max Roach. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these guys. Roots. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I got to play with Clark, but I never got to play with Max. I know that was must have been great. Not that I was any good. I was in jazz bands. We were helping them, you know, support them. But in answer to your question, Edie, it's something that's still there. Matter of fact, I wouldn't mind going back and teaching band. You know, my hearing's shot anyway, so what have I got to lose? And now there's some decent earplugs. 
You know, even though I do wear hearing aids, there's some decent earplugs. There weren't, didn't have that stuff when we were in mm-hmm. high school. The, the hearing thing kind of deterred you. From... It, it, it steered me away. Mm-hmm. And to make a living in teaching was going to be tough to support a family, et cetera, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of shifted gears a little bit. I haven't lost my love. The my passion is been, still there. Oh, the passion's oh, still okay. there. And yes. it, it comes out in different ways. It mm-hmm. comes out like this. Like, right. I'm not a trained Absolutely. broadcast person. Absolutely. As long as you're wrapped around it some kind of way. I right. get that. Right. I get that. You haven't had any training in broadcasting? Uh, I can speak. And That's not what you told me when we tried to start this show a long time ago. <laughs> hey, I really got her, didn't I, Chris? <laughs> oh, oh, I guess I need to change that resume right now. <laughs> now and now you got the best, the best guest that we have on this yeah, show. Yeah, and we have that on tape from you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. And, you know, that is interesting, Edie. I'm glad you asked those questions because, you know, a lot of times when, we, when we're going, growing up in school, like here in, in Webster, I went to Douglas, and so we had Mr. Lathan. I don't know if you knew him, but again, this was a man who was so inspirational in bringing out people that were from the Webster area who went on to become professional musicians. Mm -hmm. And there were so many things that he did that I didn't find out about until, you know, he was dead and other people were saying, well, you know, when I was in fifth or sixth grade. He actually got me a tutor from the Juilliard School, and I was able to do this and that. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, we never realized that those resources were right here. And then, of course, having grandchildren, when Arnold says, you know, second and third graders or third and fourth graders. And I always think about when my kids and my grandkids would be in the band or the orchestra, and we'd have to go for those those. Um, Uh, programs, Mm -hmm. uh, those were so brutal because, (laughs) you know, the kids hadn't quite gotten to the point where they knew where the notes were and it didn't sound very good. But (laughs) But they were cute, right? They they were cute, of course. That's why everybody was taking pictures and, you know, all the parents are stumbling over (laughs) each other and everything. But, you know, that's the beginning, isn't it? Absolutely. And it is. And you have to get them at that age, that young age, and to where it's like, you can teach them anything, and and if it just if it sticks, it sticks. And uh, uh, I, I'm always excited about people who started in music, and and I'm always baffled about people who started really into music, and then all of a sudden they're not at all. It's like Jeffrey's brother, uh, Carlton. Uh, I don't know what his uh, his history was in, in early life. He played life in the jazz band of school and everything, too. Okay. Yeah. And then he went on to be an executive with FedEx. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting back into music. And he's good. I mean, he has this beautiful sound on his trumpet. It's amazing. But I thought that was really cool to be able to study music in an early age, go through an entirely different kind of life, and then in his senior life, so to speak, all of a sudden he can... Go back to that and get in and, right. and have a have a. Uh, he's in a band, as in two bands, right, honey? Yeah, yes, yes, two bands. Yeah, I just thought that's that's really cool to be able to draw back yes. from that as well. Music gives you it's it, there's a self discipline there. There's mm-hmm. an organizational factor. You know, a, a lot of musicians make very good executives. Mm-hmm. They make very good administrators because they have to plan things out. You have to plan your time, you know, your gigs out, all, all the kind of stuff like that. Now, some some are scatterbrained. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that's for sure. <laughs> Jeff knows some of those folks. <laughs> but for the most part, the, musicians are, are very well organized. And yeah. they, they can think that way. 
it's just a different part of your brain that you develop. It's different than listening to the radio. You know, what instrument do you play? I play the radio. No, you, you, you listen to the radio. Uh, That's my instrument. So when you when you play, it, you know, you're doing a whole other language. It's like I remember when I became a principal, people were like, "Well, you've never taught reading before." I said, "I've taught people how to play music. Mm-hmm. I've taught them how to read notes. That's oh, a whole wow. other language. Right, so I can teach them how to read." Yeah, you know, <laughs> one snap, snap, snap. Oh, that's two snaps. Okay. <laughs> but you know, even here, um, to show you how that music ties in, I don't know if you if you um, know Winfield Gaylor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hot. Okay. We've, we've worked together. Okay, well, Hot is from right here. Okay. And Hot is actually the one I was telling you that Mr. Lathan and we were here at Douglas got him a tutor that was from, that was Juilliard trained. Mm-hmm. So that when we had our grand opening here, guess who I called? I said, Hot, I need you to come and, and do a little gig for us, you know, here, a little music, a little background music. And he went and got some other buds from, mm-hmm. you know, town. And they came in. And actually, he, he did so another. Cool. Um, fundraiser for us before we ever were on the air and it was so funny how he just kind of came into town because he was up in minneapolis he called his buddies they all said yeah we'll come down mm-hmm. no rehearsal mm-hmm. that's so cool no rehearsal that's nice and they got there and did like a two-hour gig for us See, now that's the beauty of music and the beauty of musicians wanting to that yes together and stuff when i first got together with jeffrey and i'd go over to his house it was always a jam session it was like his house was like the music Musician hangout. What <laughs> are your music? That's how you do it, right? That's right. That's right. It was exciting. <laughs> Play but, all uh, the time, man. All the time, yeah. Open door yeah, to all musicians. Those are real musicians, but it's like, okay, what key? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or they don't even ask; they just start. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you just you just go. Yeah. Right, and, yeah. Every, and it's it's amazing what what can happen once that it that goes back to what you were saying language it's a language mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and and that was interesting when you said what key it just resonated with me because i i go to a nursing home i have a nursing home ministry on saturdays mm-hmm. and so i've got um three people that are my musicians i have a lady who plays the keyboard a guy who plays the trombone and then a guitarist and they look at each other we'll say well let's play such and such <laughs> and they look at each other what key and, if, right. and then the one they say, oh we're going to start the key okay and and they all make music together. They do. Wonderful music yeah, together. Yeah, they That's do. Beautiful. And do they do they know each other or this just They know each other just from church. Okay. But they've never played together except for at the nursing home. That's beautiful. Okay. That's beautiful. So and when you said what key, I was like, yeah, they do. They always <laughs> say that to each other. What key? And then they go into it. You know, and that that's the beauty of music. You can go to France, you can go to China, you can go to wherever yeah. and go in and play a gig. Right. You're all playing the same language. Yeah. Music is a universal language. It is. Yes. It is. Same in any language. And something about the camaraderie between musicians, too, you know, it's kind of just happens automatically, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we get in each other's company. I, I remember I was going to Bermuda one time and I had my, I took my soprano sax with me because I like to take a horn wherever I go if I can. You know? Plus it's smaller. Yeah, and it's small, right? <laughs> you can fit it in your man and, bag, and, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. And Ziggy Marley was on the plane. Ooh, Ziggy Marley. And uh, <laughs> so he saw me with my horn, and, and he said, hey. He said, you going to Bermuda, too? I said, yeah. I said, well, we're doing a concert there. You should bring your horn down to the gig and play with us. You wow. Know? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, but... <laughs> But, wow, uh, see, now that was an opportunity. When I look back on it, I said, you know what? I should have found it where he was playing and it just went. It's an opportunity you know? right, right. to have to. You could, you could have owned Jamaica by now. Oh, yeah, who knows? 